0: Hey, Patrick, how was COVID?
1: Uh,
0: COVID was,
1: let's just say not great. Welcome to Tradeoffs, where product habits Heaton Shaw and ProfitWell's Patrick Campbell discuss tech through a
0: product-first mindset to inspire you to think differently. This week, they talk
1: about COVID. With a fever for five days, would not break. Chills, craziness, headache for like five straight days. It would only fans. Uh... OnlyFans is banning sexually explicit content. Uh, do you see this across the whole product and fast? So here's here's my theory. Uh, I know you said you wanted to hear it first, but I think we we kind of. No, yeah, I already shared it. my thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you weren't gonna um, say it first, anyway. What's up, man?
0: Ah, I'm chilling. I think your sweatshirt <laughs> is what's up, but we'll talk about that later. Since you're you were we'll talking about my sweatshirt. There. Yeah, in it's a, a fast sweatshirt, yeah. the OG fast sweatshirt. I have
1: one OG in my closet too. Original.
0: Yeah, today, today I'm uh, wearing a, a You're Awesome shirt. So, hey, Patrick, you're awesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Does it have like the little dog that has like, you've seen that GIF? The no, you're awesome. GIF? I've seen it. It's not,
0: it's not that. It's just a shirt I bought and I like the shirt and it makes people feel good. So, I love it. That's good.
1: Ah <sighs> but life is good, man. Back from the COVID brink. Um I'm I'm I super happy die. to hear that.
0: I thought I thought I thought that, you know, like it could have been worse. It was Oh, glad it wasn't worse. It was
1: uh yeah, it could have been better, could have been worse. So basically, so remember I had it a year ago at this point. Um and then that was like you know, like two days that were kind of bad, but like nothing crazy. This time I uh basically ended up with a fever for five days would not break chills, craziness, headache for like five straight days. It would break like when I had Tylenol, but then it wouldn't like, it would come back fairly quickly. Meaning like I couldn't take more Tylenol until, you know, I had to wait through the pain or whatever. So it was pretty bad. Um, but a couple of cool learnings that I think are good for everybody. Uh, one, um, doctor told me that like, I, I'm not a bastion of fitness. Like I, I have not a marathoner or anything like that, but I was doing basic like cardio probably like, you know, three times a week minimum, if not more. And he was like, that helped you a lot, your lung health. And then he also said during that week I traveled a bunch, um, and just sleep was really poor. He said that your immune health was shot if you were sleeping regularly, you probably wouldn't even have noticed. You probably still would have gotten it, but you wouldn't even have noticed. So just in terms of severity of like, you know, symptoms, um, you know, take care of yourselves. You know, you don't have to be a marathon runner, but like do some basic stuff and, you know, get your sleep, eat your greens, your vitamins, all that kind of stuff. Um, And I was vaxxed. So that's that's the like little, you know, tidbit was like- Yeah, that's the thing. That's the tidbit
0: you missed. Yeah, because that's that- you know, break what do they call it? A breakthrough case. Right? Breakthrough.
1: So. Well, my my the my doctor was I was like, Oh, I thought I wasn't gonna be able to get it. And he's like, No, this is like, he just kind of rolled his eyes about like how poor the communication's been. It's like, no, like you can still get it. If you're healthy and don't have some of these continuing circumstances, you're probably not gonna notice or have bad symptoms. You're not going to go to the hospital, you know, which I didn't. And you're also not going to like end up dying, you know, with this. So it's not quite the like, it's more like a flu shot, flu vaccine versus like polio, you know, that type of thing, or measles, that type of thing. Yep. So again, I'm not a doctor. This is what my doctor said, and I'm sure I'm getting part of it wrong. But like, yeah, Jenny got it um, as well. And she was vaxxed um, just from proximity with me. She Her symptoms oh, were like... Okay. Nothing. Like her symptoms okay. were. Well, that's good. She, yeah. we wouldn't have known unless she just got tested because she was around me. Um, but I was. Well, what kind of symptoms? Pfizer. Uh, she had like a little headache one day and was like tired for two days. Okay. Okay. But like, got it. Was functional. Was doing stuff, hanging yeah. out. Um, she wouldn't have known unless we got tested. Um, and she was Moderna for double. I was Pfizer double. So, yeah, it's interesting. Huh. Um, yeah. but that was the thing. The doctor was like, "You can still get it. You just." you won't notice. Like she would not have noticed. She would have been like, I just have a headache. I need to drink more water. Like that's literally what would have happened if, um, if I wasn't wasn't sick. Uh, and then the the harder part, this was interesting, is like so I for like a good two weeks after those five days, I would like try to go work in the shop or like do something. 30 minutes, I I would be like covered in sweat and would have to sit down like for got a it. good 15 and it slowly got better and better over time. But like it was, that was the scariest part because you Google long-term COVID and then people go, Oh, this has been happening for a year. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I hope like I feel bad for you, but I definitely don't yeah. want that. <laughs> like yeah, I don't of want that. Yeah, so. Of course,
0: nobody wants that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I had a little cough, a little dry cough for a little while. I didn't like, I didn't have any crazy like lung stuff or anything like that. And, um, but again, it was, I don't know. And people were like, well, cause where I got it to like be very upfront with everybody. Now that I'm giving my whole COVID story, I went to game six of the NBA finals. Uh, my Milwaukee bucks won for the first time in 50 years. And I was around, I was around 20,000 of my closest friends in a, in a closed stadium. And so, um, you know, there were, I was in a vax section <laughs> and, um, basically I, you know, it still means you can get it. And so, um, yeah, yeah, but like was someone was asymptomatic
0: where, or something like that, and they had it. Totally, you know, they were back. Yeah, like and it wasn't. we were just right by them, and that's the way it totally. works.
1: Totally, yeah, totally. And it just was was one of those things. And again, I I flew, I like last minute flew in, got into O'Hare at one a.m., took a two hour trip up to Milwaukee, got into hotel, got up early because I had to work. You know, just like really run down that type of thing. And so, yeah, I think it's to me it, like people, a lot of people, and, are and, like, and, well, and you're one gonna, thing to note
0: is is. I don't want to say that's business as usual for you in terms of that schedule, but like you used to fly a lot and probably had yeah. like that and everything was fine. And like now, that week, you know, your immune system just drops a little bit and like, there you go.
1: That week, literally probably 10 straight weeks in the fall and winter, like that exactly. that, that week would yep. have been the same. And so that's the interesting thing. And and presumably, cause when I first started flying, I got like a lot of colds again after COVID, uh, like after covid Started in, in the yeah. world. And then you were um, fine. Yep. Yeah. And then you're fine. So, like, you know, immune, I, I think the bigger lesson to me is like immune health, right? And you yes. hear, you hear people say, like, I don't need the vaccine. I'm going to work on my immune system. And it's like, eh, to me, probably should get both, you know, like, unless you can't, but like, you probably should do both. And so, yeah, I've lost some weight. I'm going to work on losing some more weight just because I think that helps. Cause most of the, even most of the unvaxxed or vaccinated people, they're still all like, comorbidities larger, that type of thing. So I don't know. I I a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, do you regret going to the game or do you regret going out? And I'm like, I at least for me, and maybe this is irresponsible, I don't think it is, but I'm like, I I followed the rules, like in terms of like my body and stuff like that, and, and this happened and that sucks and I wish it didn't, but I'm kinda I, I I even if it wasn't like a once in a lifetime experience, I'm I'm still like gonna kinda live, you know, if that makes sense and you know, just make sure I'm, I'm smart. You're, you're also a founder and, kind of and
0: it's very rare for founders to truly have, you, you truly resonate with the word regret because like we would probably regret yeah. we something we did every forward. day <laughs> if we had that regret. Uh, you know what's hard though? This is actually,
1: yeah. this is interesting because it's actually I, I, like when people ask you like, what's your biggest mistake? What's your biggest regret? Or even what's your biggest win? It's really hard because at the moment and it's, and I always, I'm like, I, I know there's a lot. There's a lot and I always explain the hard part is, is like being a founder is like, you figure it out, you rationalize it, you move on. And then in post hoc, you're like, well, I guess that wasn't that bad. Cause we survived when we moved on. And like, I don't know, that's, it, it is really and hard. Even to- when you
0: didn't, you're just like, it, it has to be a dot. It can't be a line. It can't be something that you make so serious. And even the wins are dots. Cause like you, you're, you have to get on to the next thing. And uh, there's a, there's, there's basically a uh, a friend of mine told me this, I'm sure it's out there, but like Steve jobs would always just after a successful thing, just be like, Hey, what's next? Right. Again, yeah, my friend told me that, so I probably butchered the exact thing, but like it literally is two yeah. words or what's next. And like that really resonated with me because it's like, well, if we're moving forward, we're focused on what's next. We're not focused on anything else. And it doesn't I matter get, how successful it was or how unsuccessful yeah. it was. What's next. What are we doing next? What's the next I play? What's so, the next thing?
1: Right. Like, yeah, I get so much play now it's playful before it wasn't like crap about like that. Like, cool. We close the deal. Okay. Who's the next one launching? Right. Like, it's like, I don't even like, Oh, can't we like enjoy this for a second? And I'm always like, like, I'm not a quick, I'm not a little win guy. I'm never even the big, but even the big wins, I'm like, all right, what's cool. And you know, what's funny, this is going to sound kind of definitely humble brag, probably too just straight up brag. It's okay. When I, I went to the college I went to because, um, I I did debate and I had gotten to like a national final, but I didn't like win. I didn't place um, high. And so I was like, oh, I want to go do this in college because I won a national championship. And I worked my butt off. We got a team championship my senior year. And then I got my own individual title, which was great. And I thought, this is all I've wanted for eight years. I got it. It's just like a celebration. And it wasn't that I wasn't happy, but literally, I remember when they gave me the trophy, I just sat there and I was like, oh, this kind of feels hollow because... The journey, you know, not to be cliche, but the journey was like the thing that got me to like, that was the, that was the adventure, the adrenaline of getting to the journey. And I don't know, people who sell their companies for hundreds of millions of dollars or go public, I wonder if it's kind of like that. I wonder if they're like, holy shit, this is the thing, but fuck, I got to go prepare the, you know, quarterly, whatever next week. And like, they just don't even, they relish it, but they don't necessarily like, it's not like the pinnacle, if that makes sense. But there's probably some psychological phenomenon that defines this.
0: I think I think there's a ton here, like on the founder psychology side, and just the way your mm. brain gets rewritten.
1: Yeah, I don't think I was like it's just this about like on. the way
0: you react to things. Yeah, I I don't re- remember being like this growing up or anything. I think this is just some yeah. rewriting of the brain. Is my only opinion, and like has a lot to do with just experiences you end up h- h- hitting and getting. You know, like do like you think it's just?
1: Like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, do you think it's just the the fact that you have to keep going? and you feel like an obligation to keep going that then creates this phenomenon. But you were about to sound like you were going to give an anecdote. So hopefully that helps. No, 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 result. it's good.
0: Um, I don't think it's about have to keep going. I think it's like, you just see a pattern. And what's the pattern? Keep going. <laughs> I don't think it's okay. about half to keep going. You just see a pattern. You're like, look, whatever it is today, it's not even we'll get through it. It's like, well, I'm just going to keep going. Like, And, and the, mm. the less I worry about it from the standpoint of what I don't control, the better off I am. And so you don't actually control these things too much. You just control what you control, right? Like whatever happens is like happening. And, and, and you, can, you can talk about whether it's happening to you or by you or with you and all that stuff that people talk about. But at the end of the day, these are just things that are happening observationally. Mm. The problem is that when you use the word regret, you're like, wait, regret would mean I have an attachment to it. And if I have an attachment to it, that means that I'm not gonna be able to move through the next thing that I'm going to get it run into that I imaginarily think I'm going to have regret over. Right. Yeah. And it's really, to me, it's that psychology of like, well, I'm not like, not, I'm not supposed to be, but like, if I'm attached to something, it means that there's actually a problem with me and the way I'm thinking about that thing. Mm. And I think like the, one of the best analogies there, not that I've had a ton of experience with this, uh, probably close to zero, but like, is like when you break up with somebody, were you attached to them? How do you feel about it when you break up? And there's all these layers and constructs of attachment oriented around that. So I feel like if you start getting this idea that like I did something and it didn't work and now I regret the thing I did, then you're not really learning from it. And you're not really taking the best of it with you. And instead you're taking the worst of it with you. So if someone asks you, do you regret anything? I'm like, yeah, I could come up with lots of things that many other people would call regrets, lots and lots and lots. But if I call them a regret, that means I can't move forward from it even years later so that's why i think working through regret is really working through attachment because that regret is oriented around an attachment to something it could have been the outcome of that thing that didn't have the outcome you wanted so you're attached to some outcome oriented around that thing for example right which is another yeah. thing you don't want to get attached to especially because it is what it is do your best like literally my only response to all this is no i don't have regrets i do my best and yeah. if i didn't do my best then like I didn't do my best. Right. But I thought yeah. I did. <laughs> like, like that's really yeah. what it boils down to these days for me, at least,
1: you know, the, uh, we gotta do a whole episode on this. This, this is the courage to be disliked.
0: Pretty much. Like, yeah. A lot of this. Yeah. There's a lot of, a um, lot of, a lot of, a lot of this in there. Yes.
1: Yeah. So that's yeah, that was a good, I think that was a good button hook let's come back to that and do a whole episode on that book. Sounds um, great. Fantastic. I finished it. I thought it was great. And it, it, it kind of tracks with a lot of conversations you and I have had for, you know, decade plus now. And so, yeah. yeah and I didn't even read the book back then. So there's something about the yeah, residents yeah, well, there, right? That's like, know how it is. like A lot of stuff right? you discover. Yeah. yeah you discover. Yeah, and you're like, Hey, I
0: resonate that. with that. that. That's some good stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Let's, uh, couple, couple of big news items that have happened. Uh, OnlyFans is banning sexually explicit content. Uh, Do you see this across the whole product? Across the entire product. Now, here's the distinction. So, to be super clear, they're banning porn, which is basically sure, uh, sure. And that that makes sense. That that
0: makes sense for their business. Yeah.
1: Yep. Now, but they're going to allow nude photos and videos still. Just it has to follow the guidelines, which I imagine aren't like actual, you know. Again, how the Supreme Court says we know what porn is when we see it, um, basically like full porn, no. Uh, and, and what was funny, the first thing I thought was, one, it's great move. It's mainstreaming the platform. Like they built it on the back of like sex and things like that. But I think it's mainstreaming a bit because remember the whole thing about nipples on Instagram? Yes. So I think that like this is like, there's a world where they're like the Instagram that allows nipples and they probably will still show like. You know? Oh, you know. You, oh, you, you know, you you know they this. just
0: launched. You know they just launched their iOS app too, right?
1: Oh, I didn't know that. I did not know. Yes, that. that's interesting.
0: Yes, yes, they did. Yeah, they did. They did. It's interesting. And that that's what blew my mind, and I, I had to check it out because I'm like, how can they launch an iOS app and get through the the gallery? Oh, And like, yeah, and like
1: this is it. Apple wouldn't allow that. Mm. This is it. That's so interesting. Yeah. So I I believe that
0: these rules are so that they could get into the
1: store. Yeah. That's so cool. I do wonder that is because they also mention they want, they like explicitly mention that they basically want Patreon like type, like they want people who are podcasters and, you know, creators and these types of things. I, I think this is like, this is so, first, fascinating strategy. Right. Like I don't know if it was conscious, but build off the rather not niche, but giant like niche, I guess, of porn. And then work to mainstream I mean, the product. There's
0: a there's a show on there called Coffee and Cleavage.
1: Interesting. Is that I'm just saying, like,
0: like I, I you start hitting what you're saying, which is like you sit right on the edge, yeah. you don't touch a gray area, right? Yeah. But you sit right on the edge of it as close as you can get. And still have Apple say, okay, this is okay. Yeah. It's very but I think This is probably part of the
1: ability to get the Apple approval because yeah, it right. doesn't sound like the, let's say, more uh, aggressive, like porn basically is on the but, platform or still is yeah. on the platform. So it doesn't sound like it's off yet, but they basically gave a sunset date, but, which is interesting. But, but here's the funny thing
0: this is a company with $5 billion in revenue. So 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 if you think about that right, and I believe my numbers are correct um, based on just some headlines I read, and I think it's like one point three for them out of that five. I, I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure it's five. And so if it's five billion in revenue, you got to you got to imagine that they're basically tapped out of that niche market, if you want to call it a niche. That's a lot of revenue in that market. Like all oh, like 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 they basically democratized that business and commoditized yeah. it and then turned it into something that they could monetize because there was this gap on all the social platforms, especially well, as video to, blew up.
1: Well, and we talked about this before. I don't think it was just the porn. I mean, obviously that's, that's an interesting world, but it's also, it's the, it's the, the stacking of the value to where you already are. Right. Cause really they, the thing that they did was Twitter. Like, that's the thing that, like, made it so that they had this opening to grow significantly. And that's where I think, you know, Twitter, I don't know if you saw a review finally came out with, um, at least they're rolling it out, where you can subscribe to a newsletter just via someone's Twitter profile. So all of a sudden, you're in this world where you don't have to, like... Push someone off platform in order to make money. You're starting to get into this world where you're basically really close to the Twitter experience, making money. And great for Twitter, they're a huge winner. I think in both the Only Fan news and obviously the review news because they own review. But I also think that like th- this this is going to screw up Patreon. I think this is going to screw up a lot of different folks um, over the next twelve twelve to eighteen yeah,
0: months. So actually, long. I was wrong. It's I think 1.2 billion this year is what they expect. Mm-hmm. It was only 375 last year, and they're expecting Jeez. 2.5 next year. Either way, still, it's in the B. Massive. It, it crossed yeah. the billion in revenue, right? And I can't imagine that any of the porn sites are making a billion in revenue. But I could be totally wrong, because I don't know if those numbers are public, and I know you've done some research here and there on some yeah, of that, but it's, it's probably really not hard. revenue. So
1: It's really hard because from... So I went to this... It's kind of funny... I went to this subscription conference and it was like a generic subscription conference. So not like SAS or like GDC. Sure. And there were some adult people there, like adult film or adult uh, content uh, people there. And, and, and I just remember having a conversation and, and part of it was like me being like, frankly, a child and being like, what's it like working in like the world of boobies? You know, that like I didn't ask that way, but sure, you know what of I course. mean? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, but, uh,
0: you're your curiosity yeah. and you wanted to understand more about those, yeah. the, those the people but in those the other part of yeah. it,
1: they, um, they very much like, a one, a lot of the sites are owned by like conglomeration, basically. Like they have people who, you know, there's a bunch of domains, but they're all kind of rolled up into one place. And I don't, I don't know if there's a Billy in there, but there's, there's, there's gotta be hundreds of millions, like for, for some of these companies. Um, not only because it's not only because they've taken advantage In a lot of ways of the subscription model which you know has all the advantages of you know a non-porn site obviously as well um but they also took advantage of like the advertising and most of the advertising is is literally just like taxing each other because it's not like there's a lot of people advertising anything but other porn sites or other things um like that are sex related basically and so um there's that's where they make a ton of money. So I don't know. I I mean, there th- this is the beauty of OnlyFans is like I'm sure someone is going to double down and make the OnlyFans that will allow porn. That'll probably happen. It won't be as big I think as OnlyFans because there was some report like where they talked about how some a lot of the top fem- uh, female uh, or top women on OnlyFans They don't do porn. They do what's going to still be allowed. They do just like, you know, topless or like things like that. So it's nudity, but it's not, you know, the explicit stuff that's getting kicked off. And I think that you're going to see start to bridge between coffee and cleavage. And then all of a sudden there's going to be like some random like podcast, a sports podcast, right? Like just some random stuff that all of a sudden comes over and then OnlyFans will have an app that a lot of people will go to for their fans, you know, the Patreons that they might go to right now. And then all of a sudden, there'll be some gating when there's nudity, probably at some point, which I, again, I think it's a brilliant move if it was conscious, you know, if they, if they started here and knew they were going to go this way. So
0: smart, though. Like, yeah. I mean, the, I, the reason I say that is like, I'm just always fascinated by these massive business transitions and like the things we're discussing about, like, why would they do it and all that. But like, it just makes sense. Open up the market. Yeah. Why not? What? And, here's an issue. Do what they got to do to do that.
1: Based on what you just said uh, massive transitions. What clubhouse haven't, haven't, uh, you know, haven't heard much. There's still a little bit happening there. Like, is there a transition? Do they just keep going? Are they in the Valley? And you think it's going to come out? Like what, like any hot takes there? Ultimately, this is just a pattern in consumer products.
0: And so you capture the attention. And then the question is, can you keep it? And sometimes there's a dip before you can actually grow again. And Facebook had a number of these in their, lifetime with much less um much less of an audience judging them right cuz they were just different time plus they kind of hit away by by focusing on colleges to start right so so it was kind of like a hidden usage hidden product to like the people who are the audience that comment like tech people basically um and now of course they're going to get the commentary of course they're going to get the opinions of what people think about the numbers that are publicly available and things like that. Um, I have no hot take except like I have a deep, deep appreciation for founders that figure it out and then have to go make it work. And so they did figure it out and now they have to make it work. And it's that simple. And make it work means scale it, continue to grow the user base, increase retention, improve the product and finally turn it into a business. And again, a lot of people had these kind of judgments about Twitter and their metrics, right? And a lot of people had judgments about, um, anything that came around, like even TikTok in the early days and things like that. Some people still say, yeah, TikTok would be nothing without the billion dollars they spent in ads. I'm like, yeah, it might be true, but like, what are you, what are you saying? But like, what are you actually saying? Are you saying, are you saying that it's not a good business? Are you saying that um, you know, the, the business is going to die. Like I'm talking about TikTok, right? Who knows? So at the end of the day, there's only one, one thing that matters, which is execution. And that execution takes time. And sometimes it takes lots of time. So all these things that are consumer products, even ones that look successful, it's always a TBD. Like another one, another one that people always like were very uh, critical of was Snapchat. Look at them now.
1: They're doing wild numbers.
0: Right. And and look at Instagram versus Snapchat. Mm. And also the fact that f- from a founder standpoint, the Instagram founders are probably kind of like, I don't want to say regret because I don't know them, but like they didn't stay independent. They went into Facebook. Snapchat just stayed independent. And look at the, the difference, right? You could argue Instagram couldn't have done it independently or whatever, but guess what? Snapchat did it independently. No matter how you look at that, like we just don't know. So I feel like there's a lot of judgment in the world and ultimately founders, companies, teams, especially on consumer, even on enterprise and B2B, you just need time. So like, why are we so harsh at judging these things? Like in the earliest days, and earliest days means first five years, not even like anything else, right? We'd like, oh, dive. cause they're not growing fast enough or, oh, it looks like they're not retaining or they didn't get as many downloads as they were before. I don't know. I don't know, like, like I don't know. If it works, it'll work. If it's not, if it didn't work, it was great. Massive, awesome attempt, uh, you know? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Don't know, yeah. that's my answer. I don't know, right? And what I see is a team that deeply cares about their user base and a team that mm. knows how to iterate consumer products. I see that. Now, is that enough? I don't know. Because ultimately, there has to be a market for what you're building, and there has to be fit, and you have to know who there's fit with, and more importantly, for a consumer product, you have to find fit with billions of potential users. That's I wouldn't even yeah. say that's extremely hard. I would say that's near impossible.
1: I do think it's one of those fascinating things where like when I look at Snapchat in particular, right? Like there was this if you if you look at like coverage, right? There was this massive, like you were saying, like pylon, right? I think that's just like we all like to, you know, the I I read a book recently called Hate Inc., which is all about like how media covers things and it's it's the clickbaiting of of news and clickbaiting of like stories because you know, we all need to follow and they're they're taking advantage of visceral emotions. Um, not always, you know, really represented in an aggressive way. But and with Snapchat it's like it doesn't matter. Like all that stuff doesn't matter. Like is the usage going up? Are the, are the like, you know, retention or engagement statistics going in the right direction? And that's all that matters, right? Because the, the street or the story will catch up where people will go, Oh crap, look at all the money they're bringing in. Oh crap. Look at all the engagement they have between 18 and 35, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it just made me think too, cause I, I saw recently that I think Facebook has three and a half billion users across their products with like, 1.9 billion like, daily active users. And I was like... I remember when it was like they got to their first billion, right? And Or, or even like 500 million and it was like a huge deal. And it's it's like you kind of wake up and all of the bets that you have taken and all the things that you figured out eventually have enough momentum um, to get out of the inertia and then the story catches up. So I don't know. I, I feel for the Clubhouse folks. I've stopped using it personally because it's just... I I just... I really enjoyed it, but then my friends left. Right. And all the people I was like hanging out with. And so now I'm not there, but you know, I I think as a product person, you always got to pull for other product people.
0: Yeah. And as a founder, like, unless they're competing with you and harassing your business, like you should definitely root for them. Right. I've had (laughs) a few of those that do that to me and, you know, I've gotten over it and uh, I don't think I don't think we're not friendly at this point, but we were definitely not friendly back in the day. Yeah. Um, and like, there's that, but like at the end of the day, if you're not rooting for, for people trying to create new things, I don't know what you're doing. Like, like, yeah. like go, 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 go create something or go, go focus on your own like stuff, whatever it stuff. may be, because like, it's just not, yeah. it's not okay. It's, I, I hope one day people realize that, that the criticism is not worth anyone's time. Like, go focus on your own business. I don't know focus if they're going to on gonna your own opportunities, it. right? I, yeah, I get it. I just I get it. It's just really easy to yeah. critique, critique yeah. everybody. And that, that whole, what is it, Theodore Roosevelt quote and that whole line, like, you know, man in the arena and all that stuff, like, yeah, it, it, that's the it's deal. Easier. Like, yeah. you, either you're in there and, you know, you've got the scars and all that, you know, back to our regret yeah. conversation and all that, or you're not. And if you're not, like, I'm sorry, like, your opinion doesn't matter. And even if Do you, you think, are, even our yeah. opinions don't matter to Clubhouse. What matters is like what their customers think, what their users think and what they're doing about it more importantly. And that's why I say it's just all about execution and figuring out the opportunities. Nothing nothing gets big without massive amounts of execution, even if it looks like it was working early on, Mm
1: -hmm. regardless
0: of what category it's in. And consumer is extremely hard when it's a social consumer product that your goal is hundreds of millions and billions of users. There's no like, like, you're talking about building the next Facebook like that's the level yeah. or building the next Twitter like you're, you're talking about that level of um execution and that that'll never be easy
1: yeah do you think I mean there's an interesting world where when we're talking about like someone asked me they were they were referencing just we're not going to get into it but they're referencing like ah civil war ah, anger like everything going on and I, the thing I said, and I always try to like rationalize an optimistic, you know, potential view or outlook. I was like, you know, it's interesting. Like, I think people are just wear out on this stuff. Like this wear out on the the cortisol being so high about certain things to the point that like, they just, it, eventually some of this stuff like is no longer going to be like listened to because It's like, I don't know, I'm going to say Scott Galloway, but I I don't I don't know if that's a fair take. But like, oh, Scott Galloway is always like giving us hot takes and, you know, he's always riling me up about some company. Right. Uh, I don't want to listen to that anymore. Right. And you probably then go find the riling up somewhere else. But yeah, the the whole point about like it's not useful, shouldn't care. It's like, yeah, that's that's true. Like I've stopped listening to some of the news podcasts I listen to because I'm just like, I don't even if you're not nefariously trying to steer me into a emotional reaction direction, it's just, it's not worth it. And, and maybe that's, you know, apathy and privilege of not being able like, but I'm not like being blind to the world, but it's like one of those things where I just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to choose my, my range of motion of what I can affect and stuff like that. So it's interesting.
0: There you go. Like life, man. It's pretty much what it is. And like, you know, yeah. Like, you know, like more power to the creators, whoever they are.
1: Yeah, you want to talk about fast? Absolutely. Whew. Yeah. So, so I'm wearing. Go ahead, you start. My fast sweatshirt, and I'm gonna be honest, very much a V1 sweatshirt. I know you have the V1 sweatshirt too. I have the washed V1 it sweatshirt once, too. and uh, it uh, it didn't uh, it didn't hold up yeah. to the one wash, but yeah, I, that, it was that, very that. much the V1. Yeah. 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 That,
0: that that fade is definitely not the the camera. Yeah.
1: So yeah. yeah no. 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 Totally. I I will say though, like. What, so here's what I wanted to talk about with Fast. And a lot of people, like, I think very similar to the conversation we just had, Fast because of some of the noise and, and, and honestly some of the innovative things they're trying. I'm not, I don't know if they're succeeding or not. But the innovative things they're trying, not even from a product perspective, just from a marketing perspective. You know, it's easy, it's easy to hate, like, uh, you know, either out of jealousy or whatever. But what's interesting, last night I, they were in my feed a couple of times, operative phrase there a couple of times, which is interesting. Um, but it was one of those things where they're sponsoring, they sponsored a NASCAR truck series car truck. So it's not like the NASCAR, like the, the big show, like the majors, it's like a sub NASCAR thing. And then they sponsored a, um, a kite border basically, um, out of Brazil who I guess he's a pro I don't know if he's at the highest level or whatever but again it's not not a not not like a football ad or or something like that right and then i believe they've they've sponsored someone else that was a little more let's say niche sport you know not really like a huge audience and i was sitting there and and i knew we were recording today and i was like what's the play here like what's the pl- like what is it cuz are they it's kind of like the Red Bull style of of marketing, but like Red Bull has a boring, not boring, but it has a energy drink. So they kind of need to do the like, I need to associate them with something cool. And that's why I drink it. And then I was like, but yeah, but it, it, this is a kind of a mass consumer play and they're going to e-commerce companies. So is it just straight up awareness? It seems like this is like after a year of building out the foundation and budget of marketing, then I start doing these things. But I don't know, like what's, what's the take here? And, and I, have, I have a theory on like the one thing that I thought of that I was like, oh, this might be the rational way, but I wanna know what you thought.
0: I wanna hear your thought first, but before, okay. I, hear your th- before you're, I hear your thought, I wanna kinda describe something I've noticed. Um, and I think in a way, like even the Clubhouse Convo is very connected to this. Um, companies that, are, that create their own hype So this is squarely, no one can deny, even people at Fast that they're creating their own hype. And if they deny that, then I've got words for them because Fast is creating their own hype. That's my statement. Companies that create their own hype, when they don't deliver, people get super opinionated. So for example, I have their sweatshirt. They kept saying it's a high quality sweatshirt. That was the thing they said. I'm not kidding. They said that. That's hype. Now, you get the sweatshirt, and you wash it once, and the little logo on it fades. How is that a high-quality sweatshirt? It's not. Objectively speaking, it's not. Again, I'm not angry about this, even though I sound like it right now. I'm just saying the seriousness of this is a problem for them, which is Fast is a company that hypes themselves and has created hype for themselves. And they've been very successful at doing that. They've created it to the point where like when we buy something from them, we expect something because they told us to expect that. And when they fail on that, we're going to get very opinionated and it's going to be honest and truthful and real. And as long as the company is self-aware enough to understand that and make improvements, if that is an area that they should make improvements in, they can win still. But if they don't understand that they failed people on that or whatever it is that they're failing people on and they don't fix it and they continue to do hype, this is just not going to end well. So it's really about substance. When does the hype turn into substance and how do you know whether that hype has substance or not? Well, this is brand stuff. This is a brand impression. How do you feel about the brand now? Not as good as you did when you hit the order button and did the fast checkout, right?
1: Mm-hmm. That's the fundamental problem. They do you have. do you think though, like let's let's imagine and and in their defense, you and I both said this before we recorded. They have upped their swag. Uh, they're going they're going yeah, hardcore, yeah, n- n- really no nice doubt. Stuff.
0: But like, you're not going to yeah. buy anything from them again ever. You're not going to yeah. buy swag from them ever. I can guarantee you, you're not. And it's because of that experience you, they had, you had. And here's the reason though. Let me, let me, let me double click on this again. Yeah. They said it was high quality. It'd be different mm-hmm. if they didn't say that and said, Hey, please try our checkout. Right. And left it at that. Yeah. But then they wouldn't got sweatshirt. the sales they did, But you know, but they, but they claimed to. that it was a very great sweatshirt. And like I took other sweatshirts out and I compared theirs to those. <laughs> and like, I even took a picture of it to not to hate on them by any means. Like even this, this there's no hate here. It's just simply, are you able to deliver on what you say you're going to deliver on? And then the promise turns into substance, not just hype. So they're going to stay in the hype category until whatever product they're trying to deliver, whatever experience they're trying to deliver, they can deliver on in a way that matches to the hype and to what they say. And that's it. Because that's the problem they have. Anyway, that's my... Not answering your question, but going into Very like fine. the problem they have.
1: Here's a more specific question though. Let's, okay. let's imagine the sweatshirt didn't exist. Like it cool. wasn't, that wasn't the thing. Okay. They're doing this kiteboarder. Um, I think they had a wakeboarder as well or something. Cause now I'm remembering they had like, I remember they had really cool shots of the fast, uh, the wakeboard had the fast logo on it and stuff like that. Without the promise of the sweatshirt not being fulfilled. So meaning like we're just, there's a software company that's doing, you know, yeah, not everyone bought this the, cool. Bought the sweatshirt, so let's assume it's an audience yeah, that doesn't but have that impression. They have That's this fine. cool, yeah, this cool advertising, like just brand impressions. Does that, does that also cause like a situation where I'm sitting here and going, uh, like you're a software company, bro. Like, have you shipped anything? Like, how? If I heard enough, like customers of yours, like, is there any of that? Like Shopify, I think can do it, but can Fast do it now? Like, I don't like or is it just okay these are cool brand impressions and they're getting probably justifiably enough like page views to justify whatever the you know the the um like they're not trying to get people at the event to go to fast it's just they're trying to show it on their twitter feeds in order to boost their twitter feed like how, like how do you how, how do you think about that
0: branding is the ultimate marketing there's no better marketing than branding nothing even word of mouth is not as powerful as branding and word of mouth i would put as number 2 and this is a slightly controversial statement, but I've seen this play out over and over again. The problem is, and again, I'll stop harping on this, is the delivering on what you say your brand is about. And today, the Fast brand, we're not sure what it's about. I don't, I don't know if these things that they're doing are helping us as their audience define what Fast is and what it's about. So right now it's association with like, you know, some form of NASCAR. It's association with kiteboarding. It's association with surfing or whatever Whatever those things are. And you could imply that, oh, these things are are, are fast, right? These are things that go fast. Like you, you go fast in these areas. Okay, cool. But is it then about fast is about speed, right? And, and yes, there's something there yeah. for sure. Like no doubt. It
1: is a word, fast. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. It's cool. And then I just typed in fast in Google because I know that Netflix owns fast.com. And so, you know, it's not a domain or a brand I would have done knowing that Netflix owns fast.com is not going to give it up to me (laughs) anytime soon. So fast now has fast.co as an ad when I type in fast and they also have that and they have to do this. And I'm sure it's increased the amount of clicks that fast.com is getting and Netflix is getting there, Uh, but they are number two and they are number one by being an ad. Uh, and having the ad because no one else is going to advertise on Fast. Like Netflix is not. It's like a side project for them. It's like a speed test site that they built uh, with Fast.com, which I think is super awesome that they did that and actually super relevant for the name, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but that's it. So, and the reason I say the branding thing is like number one from a marketing tactic, strategy, whatever standpoint, is because branding has some of the most longevity out of any mm. any other strategy that you can use. Word of mouth is hard to control and hard to actually juice in any way. Um, hard to like measure. I I mean, I even know there's projects at Google going on right now where they're trying to measure this stuff. Like that's how hard it is. Otherwise they would have already figured it out. Right. I'm sure they figured something out that none of us have figured out yet on branding. Um, but, but brand is everything and branding is the ultimate marketing strategy. So there's something to be said there. And I I'll give a little bit of a story on why I know branding works, um, over and over again. But uh, my brother in- law Neil Patel wanted to be the number one marketer in the world, and he's mm-hmm. tried every single tactic you can possibly imagine for branding and it just works it just works it's memorable. people remember it um, especially when you really nail it in terms of the copy and the treatment and what your associations are and stuff like that. In Neil's case, he's like, "I want bus ads <laughs> and I'm, I'm just gonna I want my face on bus ads. He's like, I want my face on billboards. Right now he has a bunch of ads that are running on on, on TV uh, when CNBC is on for everybody uh, and people are watching the stock market and stuff like that. Um, this is branding. This does work. Is there a ROI to it that's measurable? If I were to be super, super honest with you, I haven't found a single measurement of ROI on branding where I can trust it. Um, I found a few here and there. Um, there are some things like direct traffic to a site and things you were mentioning um, that's why yeah. I, that was the first thing I did. Well, they type in fast in Google cause they're like, what is fast? Right. And fast has their ad fast has their homepage, but like it, 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 a consumer, like I, I'm going to go to the site. I'm going to click, I'm not going to click on the ad. I don't want to cost them money. But like, I, I went to the site and it says one click checkout hassle free. And there's a bunch of stuff I can try it with. And it says demo or something up there. Um, I don't really know what I should be signing up for as a shopper though. So I don't yeah. even see a, like a solid CTA here. It just says sign up in minutes, and then I, I I'm redirected to uh, some some page where I can sign up. But like I don't really know what I'm signing up for, uh, frankly, uh, on their site. So I'm not I'm not sure, Patrick. I'm not sure. Like I'm not really sure if what they're thinking. And as a marketer first, because that's essentially where I started in on the internet. I don't understand it. I understand the branding aspect. I don't understand the conversion aspect today. I go to their site. I can't imagine a consumer trying to sign up on their site for anything.
1: Um, I don't know. I can't tell. Do you think that the, so Neil, Neil is doing, this is more, this is a question. Neil is doing um, branding. Ads for branding. Yes. Because he's, I don't know if it's quite exhausted, but he has exhausted all the other things like that are more direct, right? And I know it's a little bit more parallel than it is like that's the top of the stack, but this is why a lot of people do billboards, right? So like it's like, hey, we've exhausted this, this, and this. Now this starts to feel reasonable, or feels like that's not why he's doing it. No, we 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 were into
0: branding when we had an agency back in two thousand three. So it's just straight up. We 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 saw this work over and over and over again in ways that are unmeasurable. And if you're in the market and you're willing to spend money, still in the right ways. So I would still debate what is the, what are the right ways for Fast? Is what they're doing the right ways for the branding in the way that I think about it? I don't know. I'm not going to say no because I don't know, but I don't know. I can't tell. But Neil's branding is very deliberate and very specific, and he's doing it in the right ways as experiments, and he's, he is also measuring it. Um, and that's why I can tell you it's not just extremely hard to measure. There is no direct way to measure it 100%. And that's why a lot of people don't do it. But it's one of those strategies where it's not a. I wouldn't consider it. I think in the traditional world, you consider it as a stacking strategy. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I get, I get what you're saying there, and that's when you think of branding as part of your marketing mix, and you get, you know, somewhat analytical and say, when should we do it? When does it make sense for this for our company at this size, or when we have budget for it and all that? No, Neil strategy is literally, I'm just going to throw money at my brand. Mm. Period. Full stop. I will always don't continue to do that anything. and find different yeah. ways to do that. And I will experiment with that because the value of that is one reason he does it is because the value of it is immeasurable and both invaluable.
1: And that's yeah. something
0: that most people cannot grok even as marketers because they're like, but wait, what's the ROI? He would tell you, I don't yeah. care. He would tell you, I don't care. Cause like, I've seen it over and o- I've seen this play out over and over again that. The value is not measurable, but it's invaluable. So like, what do you want me to do? Right. Like you want me to try to sit here and prove to you that like there's value there. I mean, this is one of the reasons that like some people like him prefer to stay independent because nobody, nobody in their right mind on a board or any kind of oversight or any kind of like stakeholder that's invested in the company would, 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 would would accept it, understand it or, or, or be able to prove that he's right or wrong. That's the thing. It's unprovable.
1: And What's I say, that, is,
0: I, I say yeah. that, but I also know that, that how he measures ROI and tracks it and understands it. And I can definitively tell you it has immeasurable ROI. That's the way I would yeah. say it. Because the randomness of what happens when you do branding correctly in the form and the way that Neil does it is incredible.
1: Yeah. And, and
0: literally, he's got one of the fastest growing agencies on the planet <laughs> right now. And the main reason is because of branding, not because of the traffic he gets on his website. And that's what that things like that people don't understand. And so again, like I wouldn't call myself a branding expert in the traditional sense, but in the sense of like immeasurable branding. Oh yeah. (laughs) I know way too much about that because I've watched him over the years. We've had many discussions about this over time. I have no, I have no uh, association with his current like agency business beyond being his brother-in-law. So I don't have any inside info. We don't talk about that stuff. We just talk about things when he has questions in business, like I would talk to you about when I need some advice or whatever, and we do the same for each other. And so, but I do know how his brain thinks and I do know how he measures these things because this is a very recurring topic for us because I I feel the same. And and things that I've done in the past is like, I'll put my company's logo right next to my face on Twitter. Why? Because when I tweet, Mm. it has reach and then my brand gets reach and that guilty by association ends up working out really well. Right. And like, those are the types of things, even things like, I I think I'm really adamant about having the same profile in as many places as possible, things like that, that's branding to me, but that's that immeasurable stuff. I can't Mm. prove to you that that strategy works, but I can tell you that I'm going to do it because it's, it's going to get my brand in front of more eyeballs. And that's important. Yeah. I feel
1: we have a couple of people in our world that, so Neil, is, 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 you know, good at this. Uh, our, our, our co-investment micro acquire, Mr. Andrew, uh, is actually pretty good at this as well. I think he's, it's, it's interesting to watch it as someone who isn't inclined. This isn't my, my natural, uh, uh, my natural path of, or least resistance. It's like, the tweets and the things and like Latka, I think does this a little bit too. Dan Martell does this like pretty well, I think sometimes, but it's like very, like, it's just very interesting how, Hey, awareness, get awareness, get something that can like, you know, you're not trying to go viral necessarily, but a little bit, you know, you're trying to like do some things that are a little bit more like not quite Oh, bad press Here, is good press, but like you're trying to get attention. And attention is something that I think that a lot of people focus on.
0: This is the thing that people don't realize. When you can build a business and get signups and a lot of them and you don't know where they came from, (laughs) your brand is winning.
1: That's great. And it's not
0: word of mouth that produces that like people think. It's actually the brand itself because the brand itself comes before the word of mouth. And that's what I mean by it's number one, not number two. And this is where if like someone from Fast was in front of me, this is where I'd be like, hey, I get it. Mm. Probably more than most people you can talk to about this, but... Where's that connection? That's what I would be trying to like figure out if I were them. Where does that brand turn into word of mouth? Well, it usually happens through product. And I don't see that Mm -hmm. yet when I look at their site. Again, I don't know anything about like what's going on internally or how many e-commerce stores they have. I don't even care about any of that. I just don't see it when I see it, when I see their website. So then I have to be thinking that like they do have some strategy over there that I, that I haven't connected, but that would be my main question. Cause my mm. theory is branding is number one. I get that. Okay. Number two is word of mouth. Okay. And usually those two get connected through product. Mm. So that's not working out from what I can tell. And it's not about your sweatshirt whatsoever. Mm. It's literally about, Hey, I see fast as a brand. I type it in Google. I get to your site. Okay, cool. Now what? And it's not about mm. a journey. It's just like, does it resonate? Do I make the connection of the brand that I saw? And this thing here that I'm seeing on a website, and my answer today is absolutely not. Yeah. I don't. But maybe, maybe I'm not the audience. Maybe they have, they know something I don't know because they show me like this weird like uh, uh, coffee uh, water heater little cool thing when I go to there and see the checkout. Which you know I actually yeah. kind of want to buy, but I don't need it. Uh, it's kind of cool. Uh, so I get, I get it. It's not out of like not understanding, but like I don't see the pure like connection between those yeah. those things. And uh, I think a lot of branding is not about those connections, but you still need to deliver on something that creates a word of mouth that gets spread because without that, the, the branding in the branding work is, is kind of pointless.
1: Yeah. To me. Uh, so here's, here's my theory. Uh, I know you said you wanted to hear it first, but I think we, we kind of no, I already shared it. my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you weren't going to um, say it first anyway. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: So my theory, my theory, my first theory is kind of what we got to, which was maybe a little modification of like, it's just brand. Like each of those videos are getting like awareness. Like it's not for the awareness of the people watching the truck at the race or watching. It's, it's, it's literally for our eyeballs who follow or in some sphere. So it gets served to us somewhere like, oh, they're doing this weird thing this cool thing. Oh, that's kind of cool. They like, they sponsored this, they must be doing great. Or, and you know, these videos are getting tens of thousands of views. Right. So like they're seeing the brand, right? And then they mix other stuff into there that's a little bit more directy. I think the other theory I had was they're in an interesting, painful spot from just a product perspective. You have Apple Pay, Google Pay, which are formidable formidable opponents, but very, um, like, obviously mainstream and very wide, right? You have Shopify Pay, which is kind of, not just wide, but deep, you know, into the people that they're trying to go after. And what, what I found fascinating was there was a theory and you and I might've talked about it, but like there was a little bit of a theory that they would go like, not just fast for your, like your credit card details, but also fast for your passwords. So they become a password manager, um, a team password manager, some of these types of things. And so the like kind of stretching rationalization was, oh, maybe this is a play To, like, work to learn to go mainstream eventually with this all-in-one encompassing privacy product, I guess. Um, I don't know what the phrase phrase there would be, but, like, I don't know. That was – I think what you talked about is a little more viable, but, like, it was just kind of one of those things where I was like, this just doesn't – this doesn't make sense for the audiences there, so therefore it must just be social – and then, if they're trying to justify the audiences there, this is the only reason would be something like this, and they can't quite afford to do the Super Bowl ad or the the full NASCAR ad or something like that.
0: You 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 missed their direct competitor though, and their direct competitor is actually a company called Bolt. It's bolt. Oh, com. that's right.
1: <laughs>
0: and, yeah, and the reason I right. say that, the reason I say that is like their true direct competitor from a startup to startup standpoint, which obviously is never. A real competitor for a startup as people say but it really is because you're competing head to head for deals with them well i go to their site it's very clear their one click checkout it's it's very clear that when i scroll it's Mm. like oh i get to the bottom like oh they have forever 21 as a customer they have lucky brand they have like a bunch of these that even some of these i don't recognize but like i'm sure other people do like that's like not what I see when I go to Fast, right? So, so like, yeah. my, my point is, like, where's that substance, right? Like, and in, in, in where's the evidence of the substance? And if the subs, if the play is different than Bolt, hey, I get it. But today, these two companies are seen as the same thing because they're both one click checkout, right? And so I think in some ways, Fast might have opened up the market, and Bolt was around earlier than Fast from my recollection of the timelines here. And then Bolt has just taken that concept and the, and the way to think about it and kind of ran with it, right? From what I can tell. And, mm. I, and I do think Bolt was first though. They weren't necessarily first on one-click checkout. They were first on creating uh, kind of e-commerce tooling around checkout. That first yeah. meaning compared to fast, if I, if I recall correctly. And if that's true, then they're just literally shaping the narrative. And, 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 and from an optics standpoint, I would compare the two from, the, from a substance like viewpoint and and Fair. i would say that bolt is really their competitor today because they seem to be taking off uh in in this same thing that it looked like bolt wanted to take off in that yeah. that, that would be just my high level when i look at and compare these things cuz really shopify and those other orgs are not really competitors to these two companies unless unless i'm mistaken and i don't know what fast strategy is like meaning but if it's if it's one click checkout empowering that for e-commerce sites well it looks like bolt has a number of pretty solid brands and case studies around it
1: yeah i don't know that is the one thing with fast i was always like like the big green egg it's not a bad brand right i've heard of them right um but a lot of the other ones it's been like i don't know who this is right and i don't know like i think a lot of people are on because they're, they're locked out of shopify basically so they like most enterprise folks have gone to Shopify, so it's just one of those things that gets a little bit harder. But
0: is that is that correct factually? Like that most have gone Shopify? Um, like I, I don't know. I'm asking out of yeah, not knowing. So
1: most. So to be clear, the enterprise of the other of the enterprise are still going to like Demandware, Salesforce, or did Adobe? No, no, Adobe bought Magento. Um, uh, Demandware, Salesforce, Magento has a really really good kind of bottoms up mid-market enterprise motion because it's fully customizable source, open source, that kind of thing. But Shopify Plus and their, I think they have one step above that, their enterprise side has just gotten better and better and better and better, right? So I think that like, you still might have like a Kohl's department store. I don't know what Kohl's is on, but you still might have a Kohl's department store on something like a Magento or on a Demandware. But the the next wave, they're already on Shopify, and now Shopify has had enough to support them, so they don't have to leave. Um, now it's still a lot of customization. I'm sure they're missing some stuff still, but that's they're they're winning the market. You know, big commerce kind of went up into the market a bit. So they were kind I of see. picking off Magento, so they're they're definitely there. But like the enterprise of the enterprise, normally the only path was demand wear or kind of custom build. Um, and I think Shopify finally is an option. So probably not like oh all of them are there. That's a little bit too loose of a statement. But like that's where the momentum is, is is what I would say. Yeah, but this I is see. the thing, also of like like e-commerce man. There's so many stores. I'm sure there's like massive stores that are just like yeah we use this like random thing you know out of this comp out of this country or whatever. And so it's just so fragmented um, that there's obviously just some differences. All right. I think that's about it. We've covered a cool. lot. There's one other thing, but we can cover it next week. Um, cool. Let's do a recap. So what we talked. about? We talked about COVID. Um, yeah. Protect your immune system. Get your butt vaxxed. Um, yep. If, if that fits within your world. Um yep. Two, um, we talked about uh, OnlyFans. And mixed in not only like developing into, um, you know, a mainstream product, but also kind of went back and forth on the founder stuff, a little bit of a clubhouse detour, um, which is good. And then we talked about fast, um, fulfilling a brand promise, even with a brand campaign and also doing just straight up brand that is just for awareness and has no direct connection, except maybe an association and how that can work. Um, and then we ended a little bit with a little strategy around, you know, what's going on competitively with with things like brand and, um, you know, fighting that awareness. Did I miss anything? Nope. Not right, at man. all. Appreciate you. Have a good rest yeah, of Yeah, Likewise.
0: Homie. See you next time. This is.
1: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you left a five star review on this podcast or the equivalent rating wherever you listen or watch. Also make sure to subscribe to and tell your friends about Tradeoffs, a podcast from ProfWell Recur, the largest fastest growing media network
0: dedicated to the world of subscriptions.